Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Halbkasten mit Tom Reimann an David Bell. We're doing it. We're making history. We sure are. I, uh, yeah. yeah. One Making one podcast, podcast at a time. <laughs> yeah. Surely. Making a better the podcasts world. podcasts are back. The contribution <laughs> that will stand the test of time, that this that will withstand the eroding sands of the ages, is oh, podcasting. Yeah. Whenever I'm in public, I cut in line and I say, the, it's the, okay, I'm a podcaster. The purely digital art form of podcasting. <laughs> Mm-hmm. A thing with no physical component. Honestly, podcasters should get time. special parking spots. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There should be a decal yeah. I can hang from my rearview mirror. For mm-hmm. sure. It's like a. It's. It looks like the 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 handicap one, but it's a guy sitting in a chair with a microphone in front of his face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. Also, we the are, little the are. little the little stick figure is very clearly a a, a guy because I think that's important. <laughs> <laughs> to the to the moniker of podcaster, yeah. podcaster yes. in this context. <laughs> yes, uh, it's, it's, it's it's somehow clearly a white man. Everybody knows it, even yes. though it's just a, a stick figure. Hello, everyone. Uh, <laughs> hi. Well, sort of hype cast. Hype cast. It's the show where hype we get cast. hyped about stuff and things. I'm your co-host Tom Ryman. I'm your co- uh, other co-host David Bell. I'm Logan Trent. Yeah, Hi, Logan. you are. Hey. Thank you. Thank you, you for joining us. <laughs> Always How a are pleasure. you? I'm okay. Can't complain. <laughs> okay. You can yeah. if you want to. If you wish. Yeah. Oh, man. Then I've got a list to go through. Today. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you can also uh, uh, tell us some stuff if you want to. We're doing, we're doing our pluggables up top uh, recently. So if oh. there's anything you want to. Where can people find you? What are you working on? What do you want to tell people? Uh, We've been doing some neat stuff with original reporting over at cracked like we had an interview with jillian jacobs and ben schwartz and we're hoping to get some more in the future so check those out and then i'm on twitter for as long as it still exists Mm. at the logan trent and on instagram and hopefully we'll find a better social media thing that doesn't suck ass nice yeah I've, i've been uh you know testing blue sky uh it's it's just everybody really feeling themselves right now, which is uh, fine. But there needs to be like, there needs to be like people to dunk on. You know what I mean? Well, like yeah. you need that. My hesitance for Blue Sky is I read all the terms of service, and it's like really draconian. 
Oh yeah. Like it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. you have to it's sign like Facebook. You have to sign an arbitration agreement so you can't sue or you can't be part of a class action lawsuit if your yeah. information gets leaked or anything. Um, they own everything that you post, which is pretty typical for social media sites, but it's like it, it, there's a lot of like overreach there. And like right. there's there's it's, some there's some other shit where it's basically like it's that Futurama episode where the clerk says, if for any reason you're not satisfied, I hate you. We hate you. Yeah. yeah. It's, but it's listen, so, Tom, I mean, it's fuck. I'm not going to sign an arbitration agreement for Jack fucking Dorsey is the bottom that's line. Fair. <laughs> like, it's not a yeah. utopia by any measure, but it is not owned by Elon Musk. And that's nice. It is nice to be on there. You know, what? Uh, with that in mind, what you're saying, which is like, I don't know. For now, I'm not. Uh, um, maybe they'll change those fucking terms out of the beta or I whatever. Doubt it. But yeah, it's, I like, doubt it too. I, I've seen a lot of like I, I retweeted somebody pointing that out, and I got a response that was like, "Oh, it's a beta product." I'm like, "Really? Do most beta products make you sign a, a fucking arbitration agreement so you can't sue them if it leaks your personal information? Do beta right. products do that? Like just by course? Is that common?" God, yeah, I when you not. complain about beta stuff, you're not complaining about legal shit. You're complaining about, right. oh, this doesn't have a feature where you can DM or block people. Right, <laughs> exactly. exactly. This, this doesn't have like a Spotify integration, so I can't listen to Collective Soul while I'm playing this stupid <laughs> game or whatever. No, this is like legal shit. <laughs> like, they're making you sign a contract that is incredibly overreaching. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. My here's I think not the good by Elon Musk. The other good thing is it's making me realize that maybe whatever Twitter was is over. Yeah, no, that is actually probably the answer, right? Is that I think Twitter only had a few years left in it, Elon Musk aside. You know, like it didn't feel like it already felt like we were winding that down. Yeah. It didn't have that many users to begin with. It only no, had it only like 250 did. million. Yeah, it wasn't that big. It just had a very big uh like media reach um yes yeah and uh i still think there's a place for that uh always and what i mean by that is like a place for officials who are perhaps verified as the people they are to make statements publicly and for people to directly respond i think we're always going to want that but I don't think it has to be in the form of what Twitter is, right? It's just that what made Twitter work so well is that it felt very public like that um, in a way that no other social media really feels, right? Everything else, it's like you have your friends I and think, you kind of – I don't know. I haven't been on Facebook in a while, so maybe it's all different. Here's, here's, here's my thinking on that is that's kind of how Facebook started, right? Where Facebook essentially became the internet for most of its users. So like the Facebook is where they got all their news. And yes. Twitter became the same thing for a lot of people, for me included. I would log into Twitter to see what was happening, to find yeah, like it's breaking a news. Um, and then, of course, the news gets distilled into misinformation and flame wars and all this other crap. But I think the appeal of Twitter that it had over Facebook was that Twitter eliminated the distance between you and like celebrities you like exactly um, or celebrities you hate exactly um yeah the thing i liked about twitter i just liked the immediacy of it which played into like for me specifically i like that i can like watch a sports game and instantly like have feedback with like other people who are watching the exact same game yeah. in real time whereas like yeah. there's no delay with like algorithms and shit and you can get highlights like 
Jason uh, Pargin, our friend, and I were like, and your brother too, Tom, were like yeah. uh, going back and forth during the NFL draft. And it was like really fun doing that like in real time with there. And there's not really an option like that with the other social media ones yeah. that I see that's as yeah, it, well it's, done. It's, it is really like it, it is a really useful version of social media but like all social me- social media it's just a shame that it like you know became the internet and yeah. um obviously twitter before musk had its problems of course uh, as well and i would say like yeah blue sky sky is going to have those problems it is still refreshing because blue sky feels more like it feels like a uh like a like a forum like it's not there's like there's a couple celebrities there's a couple news things on it but everybody's just sort of like doesn't give a shit so it's just all shit posting and so for that reason it's also not useful the way twitter is yet you know yeah um so like it's still there's still this like big hole you know yeah, and, and Twitter did a lot of cool stuff too in terms of like emergency services. Like Twitter is how I got most of my COVID updates um, yes, because exactly. there there wasn't a national apparatus to distribute that information right. because our country is bullshit. But like also like other McRib coming back, McRib coming back. Yeah, like other countries yeah. were able to use it to to spread information during media blackouts during conflicts. Like it, Twitter yeah. had a very useful civic function apart from the Facebook function that it serves. So that's, that's, and also, also it's hands down. Like I'm, I'm old enough and you, you guys are as well because we're all the same age, but we're all old enough that we remember like the progression from like live journal blogspot Mm -hmm. to like MySpace to Facebook and then to Twitter. Like Twitter is hands down the best promotional tool you can have for, for guys like us, people like us who are in digital media and don't have like advertising budget. Like, it's it, Twitter has been invaluable as a as a promotional tool, um, so yeah, that's that just, that sucks. I hate losing that, that yeah, stuff. Like the end of like promoting like ourselves and stuff like that. But I've used that to like find writers and stuff just because mm-hmm. it's just so easy to like. Oh, here's this person. They're funny. Let's go look at their bio. Okay, they got this stuff. Here's a link to their writing and all of that. It's if just I'm, a real quick way. If I'm not mistaken, I believe that's how cracked. Uh, hired katie golden right because she did the the birds account yeah bird right po uh, birds bird rights, rights activist I, yeah 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 yeah, yeah and it, then uh, she started doing social look yep. with any luck musk will sell uh twitter for like a million dollars after everybody leaves and we can all just go back on there but i i don't think that's going to be the case right um I, yeah so i don't know i hate i the... i am i'm bummed out about the blue sky terms of service but at this point i would be happy for just someone to go here's twitter again over here without musk and we can go over there and ride that out until it naturally dies instead of being killed by a billionaire with a uh, thin skin mm-hmm. the thinnest skin he's just he's translucent his skin is so yes. thin. yeah you can see everything inside of him yeah I still um, stand by my thing that Elon, the greatest purchase in the history of capitalism was Elon Musk buying hair plugs because none of that happens if he doesn't get those. Like if he still looked like the <laughs> PayPal guy, no one would have allowed this to happen. Right. I, he looked like a super villain. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, he, he, well, looked, he, he looked like balding Pete Davidson. Yeah, he looked and like we've, we've... slightly more handsome Gargamel from <laughs> he looked like Smurfs. He lo- he looked like one of the two princes, the bald one. <laughs> 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 Who is that? Oh, William? Fuck. Is it William? 
Who's the old yeah, one? Yeah, I think is, uh, so. William. William. Okay, yeah, William's the, the bald one. <laughs> yeah, the goofus. Yeah. yeah, that's William. Yeah, he we, looks like Prince William. We've talked about this before. America does not allow balding men to exist anymore. We sure you don't. Shave it, <laughs> you shave it all off or you have the hair. Nothing in between, god damn it. Nope, you can't do the horseshoe anymore. It's a shame. No, you can't. Yeah, you can't. I feel like Costanza killed it. Probably. Him and Larry David. Larry David's like grandfathered in. He's allowed, but... There's yeah. a couple of people, like Stanley Tucci, I think is grandfathered in. But he keeps it nice and tight. He's though. usually like, bald these keep that days. Yeah. Tight. Yeah. He's usually totally bald these days, but sometimes he's got the horseshoe. So is his Wario David Escoyer. So. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever uh, seen a picture of those two side by side? It's wa- fucking amazing. Wa- it's wa- just, yeah. Hold on, hold on. Wari- Warrior. There it is. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, we should probably name some producers. What the? F- what is right. the time code? Fucking ele- twelve minutes. Yeah, it's fine, man. I can't. Look, we're loosey goosey. We're loosey goosey this time. Um, listen, big thanks to some of our. Uh, you know what? Big thanks to all of our producers. Uh, and and we're gonna list those thank yous right now. Worst intro to this. Worst intro. Big thank you to the lubed up ghost of Dave Thomas. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to at Nerd Numbers. Thank you Great. to Zero Charisma. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you to Aaron Burser. Thank you. Thank you to yeah. AJ. Thank you. Thank you to Andrew Howe. Deck the halls with blood. Thank, Thank you. you to Asking Seven. Thank you. Uh, Thank you to Barry Tumath. Wants you to go to the gym and drink water. Owen oh, Scott is life. Love y'all. Pick it up. Pick, pick it, up. it up. Thank you to Bob Grenville. Thank you. Thank All you. All right. Let me, let me swoop in here on the wings of fear. Thank you to Bootler yeah. Bootlison. Thank you. Thank you to Brian who Tom knows. Oh, Thank yeah. you to Brockway Loves the Meat Millie. He does. Thank you to Chester's Prophet. Thank you. Thank you to Christopher Robert Sparts Esquire. Thank you. Thank you to Dan Hackroyd. Thank you. Thank you to Davey, the ghost of East Las Vegas, Francis. Thank you. And thank you to David Knife Boot Henson. Knife Boot. Knife Boot. Knife Boot. Yeah. All right. We're lubed up. We got trailers. Let's let's dive in. Let's do it. Uh, let's raw dog these trailers, folks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is Dune Part Two. Part Two. It's got Dune. the music. It's got the desert music. It's got uh, fucking Paul, the mystical <laughs> Paul. He's riding on that worm. There's the threat of Christopher Walken right in this movie. Uh, yeah, Emperor Walken. It, yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, I, I, what, what, what do you guys think here? What's, what's your thoughts, Logan? No, nothing. You got nothing. <laughs> nothing about this. Uh, no opinion. I mean, they, they did the <laughs> the, stereo, uh, the stereotypical Boone. like Middle Eastern music, quote unquote. Ismatni, David Danivulnun Khosh Bezumal. That's my okay. opinion there. Yeah. So okay. he's good, but he's a jackass. <laughs> yeah, it's just not one Arab person, not one. Really? No. On the sequel, I guess he <laughs> got somebody allowed. in a supporting role from there, but nope. <laughs> yeah, so, like, okay, here's one of the things that I keep getting feedback whenever I say this, is people are like, well, it's a foreign world, it's, you know, thousands of years in the right, future. aliens or whatever. Except if you look into the fucking story, they're all evolved from Earth. Like, the Freemen are based off of, like, how Islam evolves over 10,000 years, because that's what Herbert was trying to do with those novels. So, no. 
Right. He sh- you should cast at least one Arab person on there. Well, yeah. They use Arab like, words. They use Islamic culture in there. It's the just fucking, fucking weird, man. I don't need Javier Bardem. Sorry. No, they're they're invoking that imagery. They specifically yeah. are. Yeah. No, I understand that. And they're too yeah. cowardly to even you like. I understand why they took out the word jihad, but it's like you're just trying to. It's uh, a charged word. Yeah, no, it's yeah. just obnoxious. I liked the first one from an artistic standpoint because, you know, he's a good director. But again, he's a yeah, jackass. He's an, incredible, <laughs> he's an incredible director. And I, I got to say, uh, I know, Tom, you, you liked the first one, I think, a little more than me. I didn't. I, I liked the first one fine, but I actually think Dune is my least favorite of his work. I, I, I actually I want to see something more like Prisoners again. Or honestly, like enemy, something weird and smaller yeah. scale again. I was um, about to say I do want him to go back to the personal stories like enemy and prisoners because he's just been with this and Blade Runner. Like he's just kind of been doing big, big shit. Same thing yeah. with Arrival too. It's like, it's it's big. Yeah. It's big, but it's like lonely. If that makes sense, well, especially Blade Runner. It like, does. Like Blade Runner still felt profound to me. I really liked that one. I really liked Blade Runner. I thought it was... I couldn't believe someone had made a successful sequel to Blade Runner. And I think there were certain things that made that. Like, he had the right cast. Dune kind of well, doesn't I think, have... I think he understands it, too. And I think he was trying to yeah. transfer that same feeling to... The same feeling that Deckard has in Blade Runner, where it's like, I'm the right. guy, but I feel, like, isolated. I feel alone. Uh, he sort of... I mean, that's Paul Atreides in Dune. Where it's like, you're the guy. He's like, I guess. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, it's I'll, more to me like... Oh, sorry, I was just going to say, but Blade Runner is way more meditative than Dune is. Dune is a lot of like Game of Thrones world building. I still ate it up. I loved it. But like, right. I, I do recognize that it's... it's. Pro- I agree. It's probably his weakest film. Yeah, it's also kind of personal where it's that I don't particularly like the world that much anyway. Um, um where I, like so, cyberpunk Blade Runner shit like that stuff speaks to me a little more. Go on. So Logan. this kind of goes to the thing that I think is the problem. And I know I harped on him originally and the lack of representation, but that's the issue with it. And that's why I keep bringing it up when you see something like Black Panther, where it's made by a bunch of people from that culture. When you see something like Shang-Chi, where it's made by a bunch of people from that culture, you can feel like the actual authenticity of like people who care about that, like really like bleeding through, even though it's a fantastical superhero type thing. That's not based in the real world. Dune lacks that. Because, again, you don't have that representation. It comes off a little bit as hollow and just kind of like you have people mispronouncing words. You have people like yeah. talking about the desert and stuff. And it's like, you're Zendaya. What are you talking about? Here? I also like, I. Yeah. yeah, I think the, the plot is like alienating on its own. So mm-hmm. that you really could have like it really needed something like that to bring that warmth, you know, that yeah. like. I get what you like where it's like it's not very accessible of a plot. It's a lot of fucking desert and rocks and serious people. Uh and so like it it might have needed more of that touch to it. I it, like yeah, I don't know. Again, very good director. It's just it mm-hmm. hasn't spoken to me as a story really uh so far. Yeah, it doesn't have that like intimacy of like authenticity and it's kind of weird and honestly like when we were talking about enemy and uh prisoner i think i just wanted to make something with a weirdo jake gyllenhaal again yeah like, that's what i think he's been lacking oh, i hell also yeah. like 
I liked Arrival. I don't I don't mind big scale. I think what mm. it is is like he's telling other people's stories now. Uh yeah. and like I wouldn't call this a big Hollywood movie because this is not a one for them situation. I don't think I think he just wanted to fucking make Dune and everybody let him mm. and that's fine. Um but like yeah, I I guess it just it feels I think he's better when he's dealing with like I don't know more human stories, um, less like big epics like this, right. um, more uh, personal stories. Yeah, like I'll say I'll, I'll again I'll agree that Dune is his weakest, and I think it's because it's not a personal story. It's just it's it's yeah. kind of like Dune is kind of just a pew pew story. Like there's right, which is there's there's themes in it that are that are related. You know, like Herbert wrote it after spending a, I think at least one year up in Alaska watching. Uh, Alaskan native cultures and and their relationship with whales and stuff and how like the whaling industry was encroaching upon that. So I know that it has like themes that are resonant, but like it really is just kind of a Star Wars. So it it, yeah, it, it feels much Star less personal. Wars, yeah. um, it's Star Wars on the '60s Middle East oil crisis. Like that's li- like I mean, there's a reason it's called Iraq Kiss <laughs> and that you know spice is what they're using there like opec got founded in the 60s or i think the 50s like a couple of years before he started writing about it so there's like things that he's taking from that and just if you are doing things where you're not actually connected to there like there's kind of just like that lack that makes it in there do you know it kind of reminds me of when people criticize some of nolan's movies where they're talking about like how he doesn't care really that much about character and stuff and he's more about like the plot i feel like this is him doing a little bit of that in there where his strength really has been like getting character out of shit. Like he may able like Blade Runner. He actually got a lot of good character moments in there. Like his other it's, movies have yeah. that character stuff. This yeah. one's a little cold. Blade Runner is not because, like a, um, a, a, a Blade Runner not like a space opera type franchise. That totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Villeneuve. Like it's the weirdest thing about, because whenever I think about him as a director, he feels like a Nolan in that it's like big epic scale you know, like IMAX type of shit, but he actually does do a lot of good character stuff. Yeah, uh, like Arrival. Exactly. Way more so, way, way more than Nolan does, you know? Um, and so, like, that's why Dune, in my mind, it feels like a really good fit, but then watching it, I'm like, I don't know. It, it, like, it's lacking something uh, from, you know, his other I, films. I will. And it really yeah. is, I think, the people aspect the characters yeah i i I will say that uh uh uh, logan um never made the connection between iraq and arrakis until right now (laughs) (laughs) arakis and it's so it's so it's so fucking obvious too (laughs) it's so like opec was founded in baghdad in like like 55 or like 60s right before this happened and opec is what like led to like the middle east like becoming a oil like strong point in there so it's the there's some really good videos you can watch where it's like 10 minute explainer on that shit but like the more you watch it you're like wait a minute wait fucking what and it's like oh wow they really did not include most of this shit in the movie and i can see when i was seeing that i can see why the books have a lot more fans because there's a lot more depth in like the different novels that herbert seemed to touch on because he really did think about like how um religion would evolve over ten thousand years and stuff and just it's not there when you're watching the screen and as you said it's like it's a little bit 
cold off of there, which is again yeah. weird because you don't expect that from Denny with like his other films. So right, but yeah, yeah. Dune will always have book energy. Like, yeah, you just and, know watching you're like this yeah. feels like a fucking book. Well, I do, I do get. I've not read the books, but I do get the sense, um, really, you know, uh, piggybacking off of what Logan was saying that everything I've read about Herbert himself, it does seem like he was a pretty thoughtful dude. So I wouldn't be surprised that all of uh, the books would be way more nuanced than these movies. Again, this feels like someone took a real, a nerd's book and then they fit it into two movies, which still, they still need, like this feels like they need a fucking mini mini series for this shit. They did one in the, in the aughts. They're doing it. They're doing a mini series on HBO max. It's about the, uh, the, um, the dude what's her name no the um weird uh his mom that oh, okay. whole like uh sect that she's in I think oh it's the like bene the gesserit yeah, yeah i think it's about them and the creepies that's the uh it's gonna be on max i think he's directing or at least he's producing it and he talks nice. he want yeah so we're gonna get a lot more fucking dune is what i'm saying <laughs> i don't know if we need a lot more dune but okay i'm, I'm into like, it i'm into it yeah i mean hopefully like i said yeah my complaints aside like it's cool visually and just like the desert is always the desert just gives you a very neat visual aspect to it with just how wide and expansive it is so sure you know you got that scars guard flying around (laughs) you know you got a flying scars guard yeah you got an elvis in this one (laughs) you sure do um way less cool looking than sting was (laughs) yeah (laughs) he just sort of looks like powder he looks. Yeah. You know what he looks like? He looks like Kiff from Futurama. Oh fuck! He, looks he like does. Sexy powder. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Sultry well. powder. Powder whom yeah. fucks. Yeah. Powder who went to Abercrombie. Sex powder. Uh, sex powder. Let's move on. Uh, yeah. So we got you know the event of the century, uh, Twisted Metal the series TV series. Yeah, it's a TV a show. TV show. Yeah. So uh, now we're talking about a series that's about characters. Yeah. Hell yeah. So Hell I yeah. think they're turning this into like a Mad Max. From what I can tell, I think the plot is um, is that it's going cross country. Like it's a like it's Death not Race. A, it's not a cannonball. Yeah. Cannonball run. Cannonball run. Death yeah. 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 Uh, and it's got uh, what's his name? Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie. As, yeah. um, uh, yep. Is he Roadhog? I want to say. From which... what I understand, he's Atlas. Which, Atlas? if you remember Wait, from the Twisted Metal games, you mean Axel? Axel? Axel, Axel, that's right, Axel. No, Axel's the guy who's Axel. locked in the wheels. Yeah, oh, no, that is that not Axel. No, I mean, it, I well. Axel. I want Axel to be that guy locked in the wheels, and I want him to die immediately, and I want him for every other episode just to be a corpse in the wheels and somehow win everything. Okay, I'm, look, I'm looking it up, I'm looking it up. Uh, his name is John Doe. Uh, oh, I get, he's, uh, yeah, he's, um, um, um. He's roadkill. He's roadkill. Roadkill. He's a okay, guy who doesn't close. have. He does a guy who doesn't have any memory. That's right. That's roadkill. He's the most okay. generic car, and I yeah. remember him from the games because he was the most generic car, which does make sense for finding a main character for this. Is like, yeah, do the 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 most generic one, and mm-hmm. he, that is the most like you know you know you don't want it to be a fucking the cop 
You don't want it to be the cop, and you certainly don't want it to be Axel as the main character. Um, I would love Axel as the main character. Just I mean, I would too. The and it would just be him be just awesome. constantly just locked in his machine. How he sucks. Ah, I want him to no die in the first him. twenty seconds, and just him locked in for the whole time, and he's still the main character somehow. Axel, okay, Axel so sucks. So this sucks. Like I'm reading about the show. Like Twisted Metal, I think would make a great show, right? Because the premise of the game is it's a demolition derby. Essentially, uh, where everybody's yeah. everybody's competing for the right to make a wish. Like the guy who holds the tournament is a guy named Calypso. He's magic. He can grant wishes, but he grants right, them in a fucked up monkey's paw kind of way. He, he no, he's a wish master. I remember. Um, is it one of them wants to go back to hell? The character is like a devil that wants to go to hell, and at the end they they send him to hell, fucking Michigan. Hell, or whatever. Michigan. It's it's a <laughs> yeah. it's minion. Minion was a sub boss in the original game, and then he was he became playable in, in the playable. other game. Yeah, it's like Mortal Kombat where everybody got their uh, an ending, and it was always yeah. them not getting what they wanted. Right, oh, like Twisted that- Metal. By the way, oh uh, yeah, make a Twisted Metal show, sure. But you know what? You really should be doing making a new goddamn game. Right, that's the course. that's the other weird thing. There hasn't been a Twisted Metal game since 2011, I believe. Yeah, so give us a new goddamn game, you fucks. It's Sorry, especially with like this. online gaming, it just seems like that would be an easy ass dunk. Yeah, right. It's so it's weird that like this is coming out in 2023 when there hasn't been a Twisted Metal game in over a decade. It's really strange. Um, I swear but anyway, to Christ. Anyway, so as I said, uh, the Twisted Metal as it is, would make a great show, right? You'd watch an entire season to see who got to the end, to see what their wish was, and to see how it gets granted. There's a lot of, there's right. a lot of like, it's not quite a mystery box, but there's a lot of like hooks there. It's like, oh, keep watching right. to see who and wins because you're, you're going to find yeah. out what their wish was and you're going to find out how Calypso grants it in a fucked up way that screws them. But this show is um, John Doe, Anthony Mackie, who is Roadkill, is uh, basically he's just a, a bag man. He's given a mission, according to the Wikipedia plot summary, to traverse the desolate world to deliver a cryptic passage in a passage package in order to stay alive. Alongside the assistance of Quiet, a rash car thief, Doe faces a life-altering opportunity but must confront ruthless marauders and deadly and destructive vehicles to secure a chance at a better future. That seems to hint at there might be a wish involved, but like the base premise is like so totally not what the game is so that has me worried (laughs) that's what i was saying it's not mortal Kombat for cars it's now uh it again it's fucking mad max it's it's a mission it's a cross country uh that bothers me i do think they're gonna make all the cameos in the form of right the the cars that show up to stop them they'll be the evil cop car i really hope axel's in it and i really hope he takes care of him in four seconds like we've been saying um I also want to point out that fucking Sweet Tooth, which is in the trailer, is being played by Samoa Joe with Will Arnett nice. as the voice. Yep. <laughs> also, was Thomas Aiden Church is in this. So and I Nev love Campbell. how like they were they just included Sweet Tooth. It's like, oh no, no, don't don't worry. We have Sweet Tooth. We have Sweet Tooth. Don't worry. He's about gonna it. be like the final <laughs> boss. I I assume he's gonna be like the the shark from Jaws. He's gonna be constantly like. That's my guess. My guess is that. He'll he'll run into the other cars, but it'll mostly you know like the big bad will be Sweet Tooth, uh, I because he's the most iconic, right? Of of the characters hope, from the game, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I hope he just acts like the clown from Metalocalypse, honestly. <laughs> oh, Doctor Oxo. I too can. Yeah. You did have my ass kicked, though, and that shit hurt. Okay, oh, you're okay. 
<laughs> yeah, this, I mean, there is and there isn't a good way to make a Twisted Metal show. I, I, I feel like there's, it's always a little dumb. Like, it should just be, they should just make a new game. That's the best thing to do with Twisted Metal, is make a new game, because it's best as a game. But if you make a, sh- a show, honestly, I would actually say make a movie instead. Put money into, like, I would say put more money into less time so you can actually have, like, car stunts and shit and go, like, Fast and Furious, right? Just go uh, fucking just out of control. Just do the stupidest stuff possible, right? Yeah. Um, I think it can... I'm still going to watch this piece of shit because why not? You know, it's a Twisted Metal TV show. Yeah, why wouldn't I watch it? I, I, I'll disagree slightly because I think, as I said, I think Twisted Metal could work really well as a TV show. Um, because each season could be like, who's going to win this time? What's their wish? How's it going to get granted? Right. Um, but it's going to be I a do, lot of money for that, right? For like sure. Practi- for sure. Practically would, speaking. Right. It would have to be a huge hit. It would have to be a Game of Thrones hit. But yes. I, I also wanted to say that I do think in this trailer, I think the tone is right. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a ni- uh, yeah, there's oh, a like sure. there's like a nihilistic devil may care real real teenage edgelord kind of tone to twisted metal and this trailer yes. really captures it very well yeah and while i was offended by cd players being a joke a big fucking joke in this uh and cd sleeves i was like hey i have those um <laughs> that is the era to invoke too like i like the idea that it's clearly an apocalypse from that started in like maybe the late 2000s they, you know what it should be this should be a universe where y2k was a problem that's what they should oh. be they should. This should be a post Y2K catastrophe. Yeah, because um, Twisted Metal is a very '90s series. That's what yeah. I was gonna say. Because it's a very '90s, early 2000s series, it makes sense to kind of center it there, which it feels like it is. Um, when so, was the right choice for the music? Incredible choice. Yeah, that's yes. that's that's 90 percent of the trailer nailing the tone is the fact that they selected "Steal My Sunshine" by Len. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they, I do think they're making. Yeah, they're making good decisions um, in this trailer. And, like, I don't know. I, just, I, I guess I'm just saying, like, you know, it's Twisted Metal. I don't expect much from this. Yeah, um, it's stupid enough to give at least one episode a shot. Because there's oh, no hell way yeah. it's not going to be dumb enough to be fun yeah. for at least one app. And yeah, the people yeah. who made this, it looks like they were responsible for Deadpool and Deadpool 2. And Zombieland. And Deadpool 3. And, yeah. yeah. So, like, they're probably the right people to uh, to make this. Right. Zom- Zombieland is very close to the Twisted Metal tone. And Deadpool as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of their sense of humor, but it is a good fit in my opinion, um, for this, for Twisted Metal. Um, I just do think, like, my biggest fear, I guess, is this is Peacock, and who knows how much money they put into it. So I'm just scared that there's just not going to be that much that they'll a- be able to do, you know? Um, like, I again, I really want Twisted Metal to feel like Fast and the Furious. I want, like, cars fucking, you know, I want a car driving up the fucking um, Eiffel Tower. And I want the Eiffel Tower to explode like you could do it in the game. And I want all that shit. And it does make sense to make it kind of a road trip for that reason. But they could have done Mortal Kombat where they have to just keep going to these famous areas. Point is, is that, like, I just hope they have the budget to do the twisted metal that I'm picturing in my head. I hope that 
you know how usually like shows like this they'll take a detour episode where they focus on one character and they show like their life before everything went to shit yeah i hope that there's a very serious drama for sweet tooth (laughs) yeah i hope it's like the last of us yeah, like a Last of Us, but it's still Samoa Joe with Will Arnett's voice, and it's just very somber and serious about yeah. him becoming a clown. Yeah. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. No, this is... I'm going to watch this piece of shit. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to watch it. Um, Any other thoughts on this? No. I'm all set. No. <laughs> all right. Well, this is the trailer for Gran Turismo next, which is not... <laughs> something i need in my life um it's uh yeah it's apparently based off a true story and i looked into it and there was indeed a gran turismo player who yes. became like who didn't race until they were like fucking like in their late or early 20s or something like where it was like nobody had ever like started that late in their life but and they 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 got they didn't win, but they placed high in a bunch of races. And then, you know, like I was yeah, surprised when they said based off a true story, I was like, no, it's not, but it yeah, is. No, it's Jan Martin. It's Jan uh, Martinborough, which yeah. I knew his story and I knew they were making a movie. I just didn't put two and two together that this was what the movie was. I'm like, oh yeah, no shit. This is, of course, this is what the fucking movie was going to be. Yeah. yeah. Of course so it's the Gran Turismo he's movie. He's still racing and stuff. And he's actually like, I mean, he's like a legitimate racer, but he's very popular because of, you know, the background story and things. The thing I'm wondering is if they're going to include the race where he accidentally killed a person, but we'll see. We'll see. It seems like they showed the entire fucking plot. They sure did. They sure do show the entire movie. Yeah. They do show him crashing, which is what I think is, I hope that that's not going to lead to the one where he, uh, where a spectator died. I don't know, man. That's going to be a very weird thing. This is, I just, I, I'm not a racing movie person. If if someone's a racing movie person, I'm sure this is good for um, them. But, like, I need missiles. I need a clown car, you know, clearly. So I'm this isn't for me. I'm interested because this is directed by Neil Blumkamp. And the thing that I'm surprised about and I've wanted for a long time was for him to direct something where he didn't write the script because he's a bad writer. So the person who wrote this is the writer for King Richard and uh, Creed 3. So I'm kind of just seeing him not fucking up a movie with his terrible writing. Yeah. I love that Orlando Bloom's (laughs) stuck in this for some reason. Uh, And that David David Harbour Harbour is... Yeah, yeah, David Harbour kind of makes the trailer for me where it's like he feels like the most charismatic because everybody's so fucking serious in this trailer. It's clear uh, it feels the, like the trailer makes it clear that the movie is kind of hinging on David Harbour. It, yes. Yeah. It's like, you, hey, you, we got him. We got him. He's he's right. doing his David Harbour bit. You guys love yeah, it. He's being charismatic. Yeah. And it's like good because no one else feels charismatic. Yeah. The main character <laughs> feels like a fucking like a, a NPC. So I don't know. Everyone loves a good sports training montage where people start puking. Yeah. It's just I always a classic. Really, I really, I, I watched We Are Marshall recently for that other podcast. I just, sports movies, man. I, I when they're just straight sports movies, they just do not interest uh, me. I just, I can't. There's one other thing I wanted to call out about this trailer, and that is um, race car driving, um, like NASCAR, Formula One, what have you, often gets a lot of shit for not being a real sport. So you're like, oh, right. you're just turning left, yeah. and it's it's really funny. It's like the sports ball of race car 
or NASCAR commentary. It's like, oh, you're right. just turning left. But so I like that the trailer points out that you have to train like a fucking astronaut to drive these cars because of the sheer oh, yeah. force involved. You're going over 200 miles per hour in right. these cars. I'm reminded, only, yeah. Yeah, not only that, but he also, the real guy switched over to Formula One and shit, which is like all the curves and stuff like that, not just the circle tracks. So he's, like I said, he's a legitimate driver. So this, that's the yeah, car yeah, that, yeah, it, that way. Movie. in point of fact that's the car you see crash in the trailer is a formula one car it's not an ass car yeah that's why i'm thinking that's the real uh, event that they're talking about that <laughs> actual video is fucking terrifying because somebody in the stands is like filming and the thing crashes like 10 feet away from them it is a horrific video final destination yeah. Yeah. yes it does look like a final destination thing actually yeah well they made one with a the fucking yep. race car track. Yeah, I don't know. This looks fine. I'm sure it's going to be good. Um, not for me. And uh, speaking of things that's not for us, uh, this next trailer is The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Terrible name. Two thes? Are you kidding me? The <laughs> Hunger Games, The Ballad? Come on. The Rise yeah, of the Planet yeah. of the Apes. So, yeah, no, it's all bad. Stop. Stop it. A song of ice and fire game of hunger games. Yeah. Yeah. This fucking Christ. I'm the wrong person to talk about this trailer. I don't care about hunger games. I don't. I I, I literally not watched one hunger game. I've watched all of them. I've watched all of them. Is that young fucking guy supposed to be young Donald Sutherland? Yes. Yes. So I, 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 I have, I have not spicy takes, but I have thoughts on this because I watched all the hunger games and dare I say, I liked the last film of the hunger games i liked what i actually ended up liking the story more than i ever thought i would because uh it actually ends by saying something yeah and i was surprised that it was going to um this is of course the director of the other ones uh and and also the director of constantine my problem Um, just to real quick, my problem is is that's all the movie the movies had to say. It took four oh, hours yeah. and I mean it took four movies and like I yes. don't know ten hours of film to say one very obvious thing about conflict. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. In terms of dystopian films, it is. I mean, it's part of that young adult dystopian thing where they like drained that concept. It's and also like, ultimately it's a- they didn't actually want to say much, you know. It's a totally um, stupid concept too. I think we've talked yes. about this before, but the idea that like people would just allow this. you to take their children to fight to the death in a game every well, year. Like I get like from a satirical point of view, it's being like, oh, they're so subjugated and the the regime is so oppressive that this is tolerated. This extreme thing is tolerated. But like the the notion of of pitting regions against each other for food that makes sense but making it be their children is weird well it's also it's it's, yeah it's it's the same problem i had with like i don't like i love battle royale but i think that the idea is it's fucking ridiculous it doesn't make any sense it doesn't it's like that's like they they treat it like oh this is how you really keep a society in line is by stealing their children once a year and murdering them. It's like, no, that's how you get a that's how you get a citizenry to uh, to revolt, well, to, yeah, the to problem, rise so up against you. Battle Royale was done in tongue in cheek. The problem with Hunger Games, the first movie, is not only is that happening, but no one is happy with it. And so that to me is the problem. Is like if you do a dystopian film 
where it's a ridiculous dystopia where you're like, how could this ever happen? You would, you still at least need the citizens to be on board. Cause the problem with the first hunger games is there. It's like these fucking ridiculously dressed people. Like we are battling your kids and everybody around being like, well, we don't like this very much. And it's like, how did this happen? Right. Nobody, nobody's into it. Yeah. And it's like, they spend all their time training elite warriors, like turning their kids into elite warriors so that they can compete in these games if they happen to get selected. So all you're doing is creating a generation of elite warriors. Like, how does that fucking make sense if you're trying to keep... How are you subjugated by someone with bells on their shoes? Exactly. How are you you subjugated by an elf on a shelf? When the little girl dies in the first one, everybody's like, that's it. We're rioting. And it's like, why does not... How how is she's, that not happening every fucking year? She's Wouldn't not the first twelve this? year old that died in yeah, this tournament. Like it's exactly. yeah, it's also so how it's, the it's, fuck are how are people not cheating? Like at least one district would try to shoehorn like a Brock Lesnar looking motherfucker and like oh no he's only <laughs> like, fourteen like a like little beanie hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Propeller. people cheat in youth basketball. Yeah. You're thinking they're not going to cheat on a district thing? As Come on. We're going to fight to the death to see if we get to eat? Yeah, we're going to fucking... Right. Sh- we're going to get some fucking Eastern European dude that's 10 it's feet tall. Cena in so, the rock. With no birth certificate. Yeah. yeah, and we're going to tell him he was right. born in fucking 2011 or whatever. <laughs> but in specific, specific to this, the thing I wanted to talk about is like, the reason like Star Trek Discovery rubbed me a wrong way is because they're like, hey, you want to see us fight the Klingons again? And I'm like, not really. What I like mm-hmm. about Star Trek is the story advances. Uh, if if uh, fucking um, The Handmaid's Tale was like, we're going to do a prequel where everything sucks. I'm like, no, I don't want to <laughs> see that. Um, I don't want to, in a dystopian film, I, I want to see the characters break the dystopia. I don't want to go back. Um, unless you have something to say. And a very good comparison to me is The Purge. Because The Purge is another situation where you go, well, how did that happen? Uh, Like, that's not realistic. That's silly. And then the first Purge, you realize, had a lot more to say than you actually would have thought they did, right? They had things to say about class. And, of course, again, it's all a big metaphor. But then they made the first Purge. And you're like, okay, well, what's that going to be? Again, it still seems silly. And they and they actually like tried to believe like make a believable scenario where we got into this place, right? They actually right. wanted to say something. And if you remember the first purge, the idea is that no one actually kills each other, and they mm. have to they have to spoilers they have to get they have to shake the fucking jar. They have to simulate a purge happening so that it becomes a paranoid society where everybody is feeling like everybody else. Right. It's, it's a, it's a commentary on the way American society is heading right now where a lot of unpopular fascistic, uh, 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 laws are being passed against the, the will of the American people. And that's what the first purge did. That's, that was smarter than it needed to be. Yep. And I guess what I'm saying is that I don't think this is going to be that. I don't think they're going to show how the first Hunger Games would have realistically happened. I think they just want more money. Right. Uh, They were going to be, look at how Donald Sutherland got sad. Exactly. Right. Like that's sexy young Donald Sutherland. That's the other thing. It's, it's, it's a real crimes of Dumbledore situation where it's like this, this villain that you've created is not interesting enough for me to give the ghost of a shit about how he became a villain. Like, like Voldemort is, is way more interesting than snow ever was to be clear. But like snow is so bottom of the barrel in terms of a villain. I don't care how he got to be the way he is. He's just the fucking bad guy. 
Like right. he's a, a he's a dick. He's a two-dimensional bad guy. I don't care why he's the way he is. Right. It's the fundamental flaw with the YA dystopians, which is that like an actual film about a dystopia like Brazil or 1984 or The Purge. It's not about it's, hot teens fighting in a forest. Exactly. It's not it's upsetting. And it's not like border, baseline upsetting. It's very upsetting. And it's trying to make you upset. And it's trying to say something. Whereas this, it feels like their master is more the producers than it is uh, any I message. Say, I do like how, because it's taking place in the past, it doesn't have the uh, prequels problem where like all the tech was better because, you know, they filmed it later. Right. It looks like they're fighting in a fucking warehouse instead of like a huge, uh, illustrious like forest setting. It just looks like a shitty like fucking warehouse where they're just killing each other in there. I'm like, eh, okay. Yeah, yeah, and they have yeah. like shitty TVs and everything. So, okay, at least they're paying attention to that part. Yeah. I think the only thing I'm interested in is I think this is the first time Hunter Schaefer has done a project outside of Euphoria, so I'm kind of interested in seeing how she does in this. Sure. But I've never seen one of the Hunger Games. So right. The other we'll thing, see. of course, is this all died. The YA, yeah. like, st- it's like it's like trying to be a fucking this, disco band this, right now. It's this bubble like, no, burst. The, the, it, this it bubble burst. burst. Yeah. yeah. We, like, it's not like even Harry Potter, I, or I felt like the bubble burst there, but there's not enough nostalgia here that they're like, oh, we're bringing it back. And it's like, I don't think anybody cares, man. Right. The last installment of this film franchise came out less than 10 years ago. Yeah. Give it 20 years for fuck's sake. We're doing that thing where the nostalgia is, they're trying to force it. And they're they're like, lapping. You're lapping nostalgia now yeah. Because, yeah. because nothing goes away in the internet age. Yeah. They um, should have had Donald Sutherland play young Donald Sutherland. Hell that, yeah! I would, I would, I would flat out fucking watch the. Don't shit even, out of don't that. even de-age him with CGI. Just yeah, die, no, he's dye just his Donald hair and beard. Just dye his hair and beard. Yes. As a young uh, man of twenty, I don't know how conflicted I feel about these Hunger Games. They're just so good. Yeah. These games of hunger. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Wish. Disney's Wish. You guys want to talk about Disney's Wish? Okay. Yeah. Here's all I have to say about this movie. Um, Into the Spider-Verse created an arms race, in my opinion, of interesting, evocative, uh, attention-grabbing new animation styles. Um, Disney's Wish, the trailer at least, is like the worst example of that arms race. It's like, it's, it feels like when Instagram filters first came out and people were just putting whatever filter on whatever photo just because it was there and they wanted to try it out and see if it it landed that's what this movie feels like the the animation in this movie looks fucking terrible it looks like they're not doing spider-verse in this are they they're doing they're doing some kind of weird it's um, derivation of it it's it's not that exactly but it's it's a it's a it's a stylized type of animation that it's a blend of 2d and 3d that pixar did a little experimentation with that with some shorts that they dropped that i think you could see on disney plus but they execute it way better on those right this looks looks bad this looks bad well here's what i think they're trying to do i think they're trying to do disney renaissance animation yes um, but the you're right is they didn't do it right. So when I watched this trailer, I was just like, something's wrong. Right. Um, it look it looks like a, a Disney Renaissance film with a jacked up fucking Instagram filter on it. Yeah. Uh, also, it, it feels like when they post convert a movie to 3D and it just yep. feels a little off. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but it apparently is about a woman who gets a wish and she wishes to have her goat talk like Matt Berry. Uh, even though it's Alan Tudyk, by the way, it's not Matt Barry, which is their first mistake. Uh, if you're going to have fucking Matt Barry voice, have Matt Barry do it. Um, uh, but like, I am very confused about what the wish was. She didn't wish she wished to have the this, goat like, wished. Okay. So did she wish to make this little fucking dildo star fly around? No, what the is... dildo star is what grants the wish. And then the goat accidentally grabbed it and it threw its wish but power then on why it. Why is there also a wish master? There's the king who's it's like, you need grant. Yeah. There's a, it starts yeah. with a king being like, tell me your wish. And then he's evil because he's a wish master. And it's this lady. And then she wishes on a star and the star comes alive. And so it's like, okay, who's what was that her wish to have the star come alive? Cause did that dildo that, that, that other dildo that the, 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 I think it's Chris Pine playing him like the weird King guy. I just did, assume all dildos are Chris Pine. Yeah. Like yeah. it seemed like Chris Pine was the wish master and then the star comes alive. So I was like, okay, your wish is to have this little beanie baby star. And then the star makes a goat sound like Matt Barry and I was like okay so that is that the wish I'm sorry maybe I'm just maybe I'm I was just uh, an idiot watching this I was just unclear about um, the narrative I could kind of follow the narrative I will say this I'm glad that they're trying an original story rather than like another fucking Peter Pan or whatever yeah. fucking thing no. like Disney's actually good about like trying to create a new thing like they did with Frozen I mean Frozen wasn't new but you know what I mean but like, no no they... I uh, yeah for yeah. all the shit we say about Disney they do still put out an original animation every now and then and I agree this animation doesn't look good but I do think it's a good idea mm-hmm. <laughs> to try to bring back the Renaissance era animation um, also but here's the thing just animate it just do it just Just fucking do it just do it just pay people to animate it yeah this movie comes out in november so there's probably going to be a lot more cleanup on there but yeah it looks a little weird especially compared to like i said you could see them doing that exact thing on some of the shorts that they did and it looks a lot better with that yeah it really looks janky it looks like a mobile phone game cutscene. right yeah it's strange it doesn't look good because I don't want to be mad at this because I, again, I want to encourage Disney doing original stories. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, it, it's also just, I think generally generic as a story because it's like what Disney movie doesn't involve someone making a fucking wish. Aladdin. Oh yeah. And the song about wishes and stuff. Yeah, like it's, it's just, just like, very in line with the other Disney setups that they've had. It's stripped in the past. down. It's, di- it's like, they all have fucking it's wishes like, in it. It's like Disney written by AI. Yes. Yeah. It really does seem like it might have been written by AI. It's the, it's like how, you know, with superhero movies, they're always going to hit that same beat with like the origin story. This feels like the Disney princess version of that, where they're yeah. hitting all of the beats that they need to for establishing a new uh, princess lead. Yeah. And I hope it's just the trailer because it's just everything about this trailer was just very generic. Um, yeah. It appears to be written by three people and not AI. I, I I can't wait to see the next trailer. I can't wait for them to tell me what it was, actually what, is. I what, mean, was one of the was one of the writers Cam P. Tear? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the people behind Frozen, um, as it says in the thing. So Fro- I mean, Frozen's good. They also wrote Zootopia, Wreck It Ralph. Uh, you know, they're associated. They produced Encanto. So like, this could be very good. It could be. Um, 
it's just the trailer really did not, uh, you know, jazz me up. Didn't get jazzed up by this trailer. Um, yeah, me either. Yeah. Let's move yeah. on. And again, I'm just bummed that isn't Matt Berry. When I heard the voice, I did you guys think it was Matt Berry? Because I sure as fuck did. And I no, Googled no, I thought it and that it was wasn't. A- I thought that was Alan Tudyk because oh, okay. Alan Tudyk does so much shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It just felt like it's about time we get Matt Berry in a Disney. Like I don't think Matt Berry is allowed on Disney property <laughs> or premises. Like That's fair. That's fair. Um, all right. Like let's as talk close about... as he's going to get is doing shit on Hulu. Like yeah. he won't go anywhere. I'll tell you how to make a wish, fucker. <laughs> um, this next trailer is for The Wrath of Becky. This is the sequel to Becky. Which, if you remember, was about a woman fighting Kevin James as a Nazi. Not a woman. This it's one, a little girl. Little girl, yeah. right. And this is her now growing up. This is now the the sequel where they've got Let's yet clarify, another... Kevin James was the Nazi, not the little girl. Right. Kevin right. James was the Nazi. Yes. Yep. And now we, we have another comedic actor. We got Sean William Scott as another white supremacist. And I don't know. I didn't see Becky, but I like this site. I like this pattern. <laughs> I this like, trailer made me want to watch the first one. Yeah. I like I like the pattern. I like the trailer. I like casting Sean William Scott as a villain. Um, yes, I will say the first movie is not very good. It's 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 real. Okay. It's just bloody. That's all it is. Like the right. the acting's kind of bad, especially from Joel McHale, who plays Becky's dad, who gets murdered in the beginning. Um, there really isn't much to it. It's just violence. So I feel like right. this is going to be more of that. Which is a shame well, because it's a it's a it's a cool idea, uh, like a sociopathic little uh, a girl home aloneing white supremacist. That's a fun idea, but the movie, the original movie, never really has fun with it. It it treats it very seriously and it's just very violent and upsetting. Um, and I feel like this movie's probably going to be kind of the same. Um, so I want to confirm this, but I'm looking at who made this. Would you believe it's it doesn't appear to be the same people who made the first one? Which is very weird. That is weird. It, it's based on characters by, but it appears that the director and the um, and the writer didn't make Becky. So they made That's something. They made hypnotic. Hopeful, well, yeah. That, I mean, it just means that it's it's going to be a different people on it, which is weird because it's not exactly like a, you know, it's it's not a, like a big property. <laughs> It's not Look, Star little Wars. Little girls pulling a you'd death think... wish is a good idea. Yeah, it's just yeah. It's just interesting because you'd assume it'd just be the same people because who's like that's well, that's very odd. But it is. It looks like it's different people. So I don't the know, thing man. I really like in the trailer. So like, all right. So for like the setup is these. I guess she was working as a waitress and she spills coffee on these racists' laps because they're fucking douchebags, and they go and they kidnap her dog. And I like how Sean William Scott like points out like, which you don't see in a lot of other movies is like, hey, we actually have bigger plans and other shit to do. Just yes. give her her fucking dog back. Like it's yeah. the most sensible I've ever heard a villain in that position ever be before, and it's kind of funny. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Where he's just like, the fuck are you guys doing? What is this? Just give her her fucking dog. What do you do? We have no. enough stuff here to do. Like blah 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 blah. Yeah. Do, other things. There was Come a, on. It was a real John Wick vibe, right? It was the yeah, same yeah. like as Michael Blomquist in the first one, where it's just like, let's. Can we stop pissing him off, please? Yeah. Stop antagonizing wanna, him. 
I want him to team up with a crew with like I want him to get together with Nazi Kevin James to get together with Nazi Patrick Stewart and just be like the team of unlikely Nazis. Like I, I just love this casting of like casting these people that we don't think of this way as terrifying characters. Um, it's just interesting to do, you know. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna watch this just from the morbid curiosity of Sean William Scott playing a Nazi. Like I said, I just like the idea of a little girl terrorizing these shitty white supremacists. It's oh yeah, hundred percent. It's an inherently funny premise. Yeah, it's I've just been fun to watch. <laughs> I've been meaning to watch Becky. I I think I didn't because I yeah I think Tommy had pointed out that it was kind of it was like mid. It's it's it's, fine. it's real mid. It's real mid. Yeah. It's it's not bad, but, but it's definitely not what I. Th- thought it was going to be and it was pretty disappointing yeah yeah so be it but yeah wrath of becky new writers new director apparently um our final trailer this like this sprung up out of fucking nowhere next goal wins this is uh fucking taika yeah taika uh, watiti yeah this is him writing and directing um Ma- michael fassbender returning to weird comedy which is one of those things that like, um, what was that fucking movie called? Frank, um, where he wears the mascot Frank. head. Yeah, I liked that movie. I thought he was very good in that movie. It's nice to see him do something weird again, because I think he's a weird guy. <laughs> he hasn't been in anything since fucking X-Men Dark Phoenix. It's been a minute since we've seen Fastbender. yeah. Fastbender, I really like him as a, as a actor, and I've, I've, I've gotten this feeling of like, he blew up and then he just vanished, you know. Uh, well, and that he took me out. He took a lot of high-profile stuff like Magneto and Assassin's Creed and and uh, Alien Covenant, Prometheus, yeah, um, and the Snowman. He was Harry Hole. He was the Harry Hole. Yep. Um, no, but that's what I mean. Is he blew up and then Dark Phoenix happened and then he was like, I guess I'm taking a break. But he's got a bunch of shit in development, so. Um, yeah, um, this is another uh, sports movie based off of a true story. So this is kind of like this one. I actually like as soon as I saw the title, I'm like, oh, they're doing this now. And I'm kind of glad because like with Tika, um, you know, he's of Samoan descent. Like this is kind of a great um I like that he's actually using like his platform to kind of tell more stories about his people and stuff like that, which is going to oh, be great yeah. because this story is super interesting too. If you guys don't follow soccer, like them, everything you see about them being like a shitty lower tier FIFA team and everything is true. And it also, I believe was the first FIFA team to have a trans person on there, which is also another great aspect in That's there. Cool. And it looks like they're keeping that character in the actual movie. And it's also got a Boba Fett <laughs> In the uh, cast, if you guys Hell did that. Yeah. So, no, yeah. yeah. He's um, in the, yeah. I do seem to remember, this, this team, the story is the, the American Samoa team got blown out in, in uh, gosh, early, were, early aughts, right? They're just the, they were like the lowest, consistently lowest ranked team in all of the uh, global rankings for FIFA. Like, right. and so they, they, they literally them. got shut out though the year before. Yeah. Right. And that's why they bring Fastbender's character in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they bring him in. Uh, I don't want to spoil the movie for people who don't follow sports, yeah, but there's not. an actual documentary that I think is of the exact same name that uh, kind of goes into this. But yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff that happens with that story. And it's, 
it's a good sport. It's going to be a good uh, romp, I think. It's going to be oh, fun, yeah. and Tika's bringing the comedy, so I'm actually looking forward to this one a I lot. I mean, yeah, yeah. It looks I, funny. I, it's, I love, I love yeah. Tika's movies, so. I was about to say, he can do no wrong for me, really. Um, <laughs> Ragnarok. I, I oh, not Ragnarok. I am wondering how they're going to handle some of the... Right. Yeah, well, uh, not no. to spoil things, but there's some darker stuff too in here. So I'm wondering if he's going to include that aspect. I mean, of it. probably so. Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> yeah, mm. what we've learned about him is he's very good at walking the line. Um, that's what makes him, I think, a very talented director and writer is that mm-hmm. he can kind of flip on a dime um, in a very believable way. I was going to say with Love and Thunder, he definitely does a lot of studio stuff, but even that stuff, there's like a there's a floor there. Where it's like, yeah. I still like it to some extent. Like, I'm seeing he's attached to the Tower of Terror movie. And and the thing that bums me out is it doesn't look like he's writing it. And I'm like, well, don't do that. Um, but, like, I don't know. He's he's doing a great job in my mind of, like, he does these studio films. He does these personal films. He's going back and forth. He's getting, he's getting paid. And, like, he's hard to not like along the way you know what i mean like even when it's a movie that i don't particularly like like the last thor i'm still like he comes out of it clean to me yeah so yeah. i don't know he's not the problem with his movies if they don't succeed right usually. he makes studio <laughs> movies um yeah. and like he does as good as much as he can with what they give him um i don't know i'm just i'm very excited for this one and again michael fassbender uh, doing comedy, man. That's yeah. That's a treat. Mm. That's a treat. You don't get that every day. No. Yeah. No. It, him. I like him as a comedy straight man, which is kind of what he feels like in this, and he just feels perfect in that role. It feels. Yeah, real, it's, it's, yeah. it's. It's. It feels real bad news bears, right? Yes. Yes. It's, it's very bad news bears because he's just slopping on the booze. Yeah, and he's, he's cantankerous. Mm. So. He's getting out of the uh, Dark Phoenix jail, and it looks like Jennifer Lawrence is getting out with that comedy. So we just need to get James McAvoy <laughs> out of she the getting, uh, is Phoenix she, jail. Is she getting out of that jail, or is she moving from one jail to another jail with that comedy? <sighs> yeah, it's not. It doesn't look great. What's it, I was thinking what's about it that. Called? I w- I don't remember. I all I know is it's her dating a teen. That's, yeah, yeah. I I had this weird thing the other day where I I was wondering like what happened to Jennifer Lawrence, and then I kind of looked at her IMDb, and it doesn't actually seem like it, she's putting out movies the same pace as she always was. She just sort of blew up in the news more, right? Like she got pregnant and she took some time off. Because yeah, of that. I, don't so, know, I wish her the yeah. best. She's, she's had some, like, she, I don't think she's a bad actress, but she's great she's, in winter's she's, bone. She's fucking great. She's, yeah. She's just made some bad decisions in terms of the films to be in, you know, uh, she hasn't been in a movie that I, you know, fucking passengers, you know, I just want her to look stay up. the fuck away from David O. Russell. Yeah. But, I uh, mean, everybody <laughs> should like in general, yeah. Yes, like for their own safety yeah um yeah so i don't know it's, that that, uh, that, Fassbender. that that movie's called no hard feelings the one where she fucks a teen for his car ah right Fastbender, yeah. i felt his absence more because it felt like he really he really vanished for a little bit but again it's only been a few years what do i expect you know um and i guess um you were saying mcavoy He's in the Sandman series and a few other things. So he's he's around. 
I need to fin. I only saw the first half of that. I didn't finish it, so I need to see him pop up. Okay, but I did yeah. Not know McAvoy was in there, so I'm excited to finish that now. They all, all three of them feel like actors who had like, you know, late twenty teens, um, like really blew up and had to like take a beat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, he's fantastic in Glass, which is a good movie. McAvoy's good. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad I film, like, but you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I like McAvoy, all right. Yeah. Um, well, shit, that's trailers, right? Did we do all the trailers? We sure did, Dave. Well, let's thank some more producers now. now. Let's do it. Uh, let's do it. Big thank you to Deborah is awesome, Barbara is great, and Cancer can go to hell. Thank you. Thank you to Dracula, the bus-driving vampire. Thank you. Thank you to Driftless wrote Mabel's name in the Witch's Book of Blood. Thank you. Thank you to E.T., the extravagant terrestrial. Thank, Thank you. you to Evil Ed 209. Thank you. Thank you to Exploding Runes. Thank you. Thank you to Funky J. Mostly comes out at night. Mostly. Thank you. Thank you Thank to Glitterous. You. Glitterous, CFO of Michael Shannon's Chocolate Factory. Thank you. Thank you to Heathcliff's Helping Handful. Thank you so much. Ah. All right, let me swoop in here. Thank you to Ombre Says Mabel, Step on Me. Yes. Thank yes. you to ImpossibleWorlds.net. Issue 1 is now free. Issue 2 releases in June. Thank you. Thank you to James Cameron's Prolapse Locomotive. Always. Thank you to Chris Shanovich. Thank you. Thank you to Look Mom on a podcast. Thank you. Thank you to Mackenzie Fuck Shuffling with Willem Dafoe's Confusingly Large Dick. Chill. Thank you. Thank you to Mercurial Oz. Thank you. Thank Thank you you to Mike the Lurker. Thank you. Thank you to musical guest Rob Ritchie. Thank you. Thank you to No One Can Hear You Scream and Space McNulty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So we talked about it last week, but the WGA strike is a go. It is is happening. Um, There's been some very silly online commentary about AI, um, which I, there's like some news that studios are pursuing that. I don't think they're going to get very far. Uh, Every time someone gives an example, like, check this out. Did you see that Mandalorian one? No. Uh, someone they're not. It's not worth mentioning. It was just like some random commenter that everybody dunked on because Twitter now elevates the worst thoughts. Um, yeah, uh, the most mediocre ideas was just like I put in a Mandalorian. See, and it's like the worst fucking. <laughs> like it's really funny. Right. How many it's, times people are like, it's, like the one where Den Shapiro is like, someone was like, write a comedy about this, and then the script isn't funny. Uh, and then There's he's a like, "Thirty See? Rock one that's horrible." It's yeah. it's again, it's the least creative people in the world who think this yeah. is good. It's yeah, people no. without the commitment to do fanfic. Like, yeah. say what you will about fanfic, at least those fuckers write the goddamn things. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, it's just these people are fucking. It's the they're just. I don't know. I, I try. It's noise, you know. Again, Twitter. It's just like we're gonna elevate the stuff that used to be hidden replies. Uh, it's mm-hmm. all people who are paying for an emoji. I don't expect their opinions to be very good on this matter. It's just always uh, it's always shocking because every tweet about the WGA strike, you go, you click the replies, and it's just the worst. It's people who are like, nothing lost here. And it's like, you do understand how things are made, right? Yeah. They start with <laughs> writing, but okay. So It's either that or somebody just being irrationally angry like yeah where are my stories I'm i like, can't get my stories yeah. it's real bad but yeah um you know obviously all the late night shows it's gonna be that thing where like netflix bought a bunch of shows from korea so there's gonna be like 
it won't depending on how long it goes we won't notice right away you know i think the fucking the game of thrones or something they were like we already have our scripts um but people will start feeling it slowly if this doesn't end and uh you know personally they should end by the studios giving them what they want right yeah it's none of the demands are unreasonable at all it's they want like three percent out of all of the fucking and they want that much and they they just want to guarantee that ai is not used to write scripts yeah exactly (laughs) um it's yeah and there's i've been hearing now that studios are gonna like they've been using ai to write scripts that they're then gonna pay writers after the strike to rewrite and it's like, yeah, but so only it's still going to be the most derivative shit ever. Yeah. Paying them the lesser fee because they only right. get, and the, yeah. And the AI is using, they're using, an, they're using other people's work. That's right. The, the AI is derivative. All the AI does, it's just a predictive text. And all it does is it draws from existing text that you tell it to draw from. So if you right. tell it, make me a funny movie starring Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz, it's just going to draw from funny movies starring Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Cody all was it pointing takes out. is one plagiarism lawsuit, and this is all going to get fucked yep. because yeah. they're going to absolutely do that. Oh and yeah! On top of it, like it's a plagiarism tool. It, I'm pretty sure one of the right. court judges said, like, in terms of like actual artwork. I don't know if they did this in terms of script writing, but for actual art, they said you cannot copyright it because it's based off of that. So if studios can't copyright their screenplays that are based off of other things like that you're not gonna get money motherfucker like it's it's really bad like i'm sorry i cut you off you said cody was saying something oh no cody was pointing out how all these um jet chat gbt scripts always include the line of someone saying what the hell i don't know if you noticed (laughs) that but he pointed that out to me and now i can't unsee it um right it's it's like like, yeah it's the most derivative shit in the world it's like when you point out we've got company is in every movie then you start noticing it like it's one yeah it's just one of those things well, that, that just and, happened exactly yeah and it's yeah. very i've noticed there's people uh, again like the terrible comments who are like well writers uh, you know everything sucks already palpatine has returned and stuff and it's like yeah but who who's doing that it's the studio making the writers do that shit that's what they don't they it's like this weird idea of being like we shouldn't pay the writers look at the bad things they've written and it's like i <laughs> it's not them who's the problem when right that happens. the executives are they creating an outline with things that yeah. need to be included and the writers are doing their let, best yeah they didn't just let a writer write star wars on his own and then that's how it came out um yeah it's very silly um and we're so we have so much work like i've gotten a, a few people who are like you know, will like some more news be affected? And it's like internet writers don't even have a way into the WGA. Nope. And that's how like far behind we are with this stuff. Yeah. Like that's something that like I think needs to be discussed. Obviously after this strike is that like the WGA doesn't have a, they haven't even been able to update to include, you know, like it's same with SAG where it's like, there are fucking shows on the internet that get more views than TV shows and the writers and performers in that don't get points towards nope. these guilds. I have um, direct-to-camera videos that I've written and performed that more people have watched than right. several TV shows. Right, and it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't go towards SAG. Nope. And so, like, that's how far behind we are in this. Because, like, that's not... I, I, like, it's frustrating because, obviously, it's the unions themselves have to update. But 
I completely understand. They still have to get their ducks in the row with this shit. With the people right. they're already representing, so that's how fucking far behind right. this conversation. They, they, they can't get their sh- they can't get the shit fair and together on the main stage. So there's no right. way like we're gonna be able to be eligible for WGA anytime soon. Exactly. Yeah, there's been a lot of pointing out of this by like actual um, writers who are picketing and stuff, but it just feels. It's extremely frustrating because a lot of what you're seeing with like the studios is kind of mirroring what happened to like the comedy industry and the internet writing industry with just fucking uh, venture capital stuff and just like the greed of that kind of killing off all Mm -hmm. of the creativity. And we're kind of seeing that aspect being brought on there, especially with like a great example is the Warner Discover stuff where just... Oh God, they're just stripping everything down. They're getting rid of shows and things. And it's a bad trend. And you should yeah. be supporting writers when it comes to this shit. You, you should, you should always, that. always, 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 always be supporting the workers. If you're not supporting the workers, you're fucking wrong. Right. You're also, on the wrong side Brian, of history. We're, actually, <laughs> we're doing um we're doing a future some more news about this. Is if if you're the most selfish person in the world, let me tell you, you still need to support unions and, and the workers because that's how you get better things. Unions are how like we get certain rights in this country. Unions are how um, unions are why we have weekends. Yeah. Unions exactly. are why we don't work seven days a motherfucking week. Right. And the WGA specifically, writers. It's like, do you want good things you like? Do you want, want movies? Do you want TV? Do you want to actually be inspired by things? Or do you want to watch the same derivative shit? Were you mad about the new Star Wars? Because if you were, you don't want AI writing things. I assure you, you don't. No. Because it's just going to be that more. So, like, I, I don't know. Like, I think we're preaching to the choir here, obviously. Um, yeah. But it, it is, ex- like very vital to support the wga and to support writers um and to support these unions because ultimately it makes art and tv and movies and everything better for everybody you know it's part of this thing is i was having this conversation too with somebody where they were talking about like i think part of the thing that gets lost in some of this conversation especially with the idiots where they're going around like oh you know, you just go write the shows, blah, 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 it's easy, and that is a lot that gets lost is that the average TV writer does not make a lot of money. You no. guys really don't understand. No. Like, it's, <laughs> like, people see something where it's like, oh, they got 60000 or something for 10 episodes, and it's like, yeah, but you don't know if you're going to work But they don't work again for, for two year. years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I and then got... on top of it, you have to pay your agent and shit, and you're probably going to be ending up with, like, what, forty grand, And you don't know if you're going to work for two years. Yep. It's not... Yeah. yeah. I don't... I don't... I don't want to reveal too much. When I had a script option, it was option for a dollar, uh, meaning that I got a dollar for them to hold <laughs> on to the script for six months. And had they made the script, I would have made enough after taxes to maybe buy a new car, which don't get me wrong. I need a new car. That would be really nice. But that's a lot of work over like years to, for that one thing. It is like writers want to write because mm-hmm. if that wasn't the case, they would get a better job. It's a compulsion. It's, actually, it's yeah. because it's an art. It is an they art. Want it, yeah. And so like, yeah, if you want this stuff, you just, you, you got to fucking make it a livable situation. Cause it is not for most writers. Um, I always feel fucking blessed 
by like the support we get on the Patreon and from people, you oh, know, yeah. like that is so fucking lucky of us mm-hmm. um, because most people don't have that. Um, it's it's a nightmare out there to be a writer. It really is. The avenues keep closing off yeah. and it's just, I think Tom, I think you actually said it just like we've devalued like the art of writing. Oh yeah. That's because it's one of those things where it's like I, anyone can do it. It's like, I can yeah. string words together. It's no, no, man. you fucking like, can't like it's, it's because yeah. of yeah, the internet. Everybody's the internet, writing yeah. online. It's yeah. the internet. So we all think writing is worthless and anyone can do it. And that's, very far from the truth and like it's this, yeah. every everything that's bad that we're doomsaying about what might become of hollywood if they start using ai to write scripts is already happening in digital media it's been happening oh, yeah. like they cannot wait to not like most digital media places already pay already pay writers 20 or 30 dollars for feature articles right this, this yeah, is like so- thousands of words for 20 or 30 bucks. And so they're, they're looking to cut that even down to zero because they can use AI to write art. So it's already like oh, yeah. a mentality of writing is worthless. And now it's just this, the, the WGA strike is trying to prevent it from being transferred over to film and TV and, and, exactly. and that, that area. If you look around and you go like, where did, you know, where did college humor go? Or like what, what happened with you know buzzfeed or vice and all these places like this is it this is it you know like this is what the wga is trying to prevent for tv and movies is to make that same feeling ai ai is just the next pivot to video that's all it is there's all like the 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 ceos or executives that keep jumping from from ship to ship over the past 10 15 20 years in digital media and in regular media um it's each time it's always they're going gung ho for a certain business model that's supposed to create endless growth, which is an impossibility. And in right. inevitably it always comes crashing down. They always jump ship and get bailed out with golden parachutes and land somewhere else, but they've screwed over hundreds of thousands of people in the process. Like it was, it was pivot to video yeah. uh, you know, and, and, and now it's AI and now, you know, and now it's going to be, um, Freelance, free, gig, yeah. gig economy, gig economy. That's the thing. And that's right. coming crashing down. And yeah, and Quibi, it's, these are all... Because deci- that's actually, Quibi's a great point. Yes. Uh, I saw one writer specifically bring up, if you want to understand the difference between like what happens with like studios in charge and that, look at Netflix. You have shows that you like and sure, they get canceled and things like that. When you get that completely run by executives, you get Quibi. Yeah. And, and it's awful. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, it really is. Um, it, yeah, it's real bleak, real bleak but stuff. But even, Tom, you brought up the term of like exponential growth. Like that, you can see that trickling into um, most of these services with the streaming things. But instead of growth, they're just labeling it as exponential subscribers. Like if uh, they don't hit getting a boost on subscribers, you hear all about that. And then layoffs come off at Netflix and then this and right. that. They just need you can't keep growing subscribers. It's and again, there's still get the money. There's a finite there's this, pool. They, they also have this thing like when streaming happened or sorry, when like game streaming when like switch yeah. happened where there's this expectation also and i saw this happen you know a while ago where it's like oh we we need to now make mo- like videos for really cheap you know like mm-hmm. it, it's again it's that idea of like they look at ai and go okay now that's the new standard 
And it's like, no, that's not. Like they they look at the cheapest way to make something, and mm-hmm. then they go, everybody has to do that, uh, and they don't understand that, like, you know, a you, streamer you... getting millions of views is one person who got very lucky who just happened to be at the right place at the right time. You can't keep doing that. But well, they just they keep lowering the bar of like what they expect the cost to be they keep, every single time. They keep devaluing the product. Yes. Yes. So, it's also the product is bullshit because they're lying when they say it's AI. Like I think Tom, you brought this up a little bit, but I think we kind of glossed over it and I feel like it gets glossed over in most of these conversations. You keep hearing about AI writing, AI stuff. None of this is AI. It's not artificial intelligence. It's not creating stuff out of anywhere. It's literally just a fancier version of your predicted text. It's predictive when you're text. Writing a text message. Yeah. That is exactly what it is. Yep. <laughs> you see the same obviously with art. Art of course got hit way early which is like that idea of like someone has to sit and draw something that costs money they that's a human being who needs to live that's worth a specific amount uh but it's like i don't know all these pictures on tumblr and shit and it's like no it's it doesn't work like that like everything has a process and a human being behind it that costs a certain amount of money to fucking maintain that person yeah and there's all that weird shit I saw on social media, I'm not sure how far reaching this was, but there's a lot of weird shit from ghouls on social media who are like, finally, we won't be held up by the tyranny of artists. Now we can have any art we like. It's like, do you, Yeah. Yes. why is possessing a skill and talent? Why is that tyranny? Like it's, right. it's like me watching basketball and getting angry at LeBron James exactly. because I can't dunk. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, it's like a very weird I thing. should be able to dunk because I want to be able to dunk. It's like, well, you understand that that's not how that works in basketball, but for some reason, nobody understands that that's not how that works in writing or in drawing or in painting. It's like a right. creative endeavor has been so devalued, uh, not just by inter- the internet, but like by decades of public school cutting away uh, artists and creative, the arts, the arts yeah. like uh, art yeah. and, and music and all that st- and creative writing, all that stuff. Um, also, it's just laziness and easy. Yeah. Like, it's like, well, instead I, of I, I, putting your effort towards learning how to do anatomy, learning how to do drawing, learning how to do like all of this stuff right. that an actual artist does to create an image, it's just, oh, well, I could write this prompt in there and it'll take from other people and do right. that. Like, okay. do you sit there and listen to Eruption and think about the tyranny of Eddie Van Halen? Or I mean, that, I do, but like, yeah, it's I know like, what you're getting at. No, he's had a talent, and he sat there, and he perfected his art until he was fucking incredible, and that's how art works. Like, right, and that's also why we like art. Like, yes! It, it's, this is like late-stage society shit when people start not understanding that. And again, I don't think there's that many people. I think Twitter is a terrible yeah, place. Twitter is an, 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 an outsized uh, uh, pool of, uh, of... Twitter's yeah. not just terrible, but the terrible voices are getting elevated because of that Right, it's being distilled even check. further down right. into only However, the most terrible voices. Yeah, The people who do think like this, and this is the problem, are, of course, the people running the goddamn studios. Yep. Uh, And so, like, that's the real actual people that I'm, you know, that we're frustrated with when talking about this shit. So, yeah, give them their goddamn money. I think it's very funny that we're talking about art when the next story is what it is. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, let's move on. (laughs) Let's pivot to the fact that they're rebooting Cliffhanger. Speaking of art, you know. uh, But no, seriously, I am very excited. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And from reading the article, it sounds like, like the director mentions... Um, 
it's a continuation of the story and it's going to take place in like the Italian Alps or something. So oh, this, yeah. this is a, it's not a full reboot. It's like a legacy sequel. So like Stallone's going to come okay. back as Gabe yes. and he's going to be treating, training some new cliffhangers and shit. Maybe Michael Rooker will show back up. It's going to be oh, great. Fuck. Okay, yes. man. All right. We have to talk about Stallone right now. Like, Man, you are almost like 81 or 91. I know he's juiced up with like 12 different kinds of HGH, but I would feel uncomfortable watching him climb a wall at a gym, uh, let alone like the Swiss Alps. I'm I worried about the gentleman. I got to see him cliffhang so bad. <laughs> I, I think they're going to top gun it, right? The new hot shots. Um, <laughs> another terrorist uh, attack, which is very funny. Although if you, if they only make two of these movies, like the odds are still pretty huge that he would encounter two terrorists, but it's not impossible. And they're not terrorists. So they're, he's they're, gonna climb they're a bank wall. robbers it's in the first one. Bank they're just, robbers, they're just, right. They're robbing a plane. I want robotic John Lithgow for this one is what I want. But yeah, it's I, gonna I be feel Lithgow's like I don't get son. it. It begins son with, of Lithgow. it begins with an opening yeah. scrawl. Somehow Lithgow has returned. Yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> there's nothing. I don't know. There's no way they can make this bad for me. No, it's. Unless... I love Cliffhanger. It is both precious and not precious to me. Like exactly, you can make 18 sequels to Cliffhanger, and I it will not upset me at all. The yeah. thing I love about Cliffhanger is that Stallone has a fist fight with old John Lithgow, and I hope they continue this trend by finding someone older than old Stallone for him to fight. Right. Like, I want him to fight. Yeah, like Larry David, someone who's even just, yeah. He fights well, Max von Sydow's corpse. Yeah. <laughs> he fights Donald Sutherland. Oh, yeah, there it man. is. There it is. Snow from the Hunger Games. Yeah. No, this is, can't go wrong with this. It's great, great news. This is, th- support the WGA because otherwise we're going to be waiting longer for the cliffhanger reboot. I don't know if there's a better argument than that. No, you can't. You're not allowed to do that to me, listener. So support exactly. the WGA. I- I do hope that they have scenes where he's old during this. Like he pauses during mid cliff climb. He's just like, oh, I hope he, I hope he shits himself climbing. <laughs> he has to put on wall climbing glasses. Yeah. So he can get a better view of the holes. <laughs> he's got wall climbing bifocals. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Well, speaking of support, we have some more uh, patrons here. Woo. Uh, big thank woo, woo. you to Norm from Cheers. Thank, thank you. you. Norm. Thank you to Pete for Pagel. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you to Numino Ultra Microscopic Silico, Volcano Coniosis, Anti Disestablishment, Terrianism, Jones. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Thank you to pre order TikTok superstar Jason Pargin's new book, Zoe is Too Drug for This Dystopia. Pre orders are super important. Thank you. Thank you to Rev MD. Yep. Thank you. Thank you Thank to you. Ricky Cilantro. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you to Rosemary's Baby from Eraserhead. Thank you. Thank you to Screaming Horse Pyramid. Thank you so much. Thank you to Snapper Car Punches God in the Dick. Thank you. Thank you to Sorry Cop, World's Most Laughable Centrist. Thank you. Thank you to Steven. Thank you so much. Steven. Thank you to the conveniently placed self-destruct button on the top of every baby's head. Thank you so much. All right, let me swoop in here. Thank you to the Midnight Patron with patrons at midnight. Thank you. Thank you to the Oatmeal Savage. Thank you. Thank you to the 2B Terror Bunny says, thank you for watching Dead Heat. You're welcome. Thank you to these seven bees. Thank you. Thank you to Tiger George Pratt Thompson. Raindrops keep falling on my head. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you to Tip Drizzle. Yes. Thank you to Chucks. Thank you. Thank you to Vincent Chucks. with a Y. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Why Did She Go Flying Fuck at the Moon. Thank you. Thank you to your mom. 
Thank you. And thank you to Ziz because Pie Guy liked being last. Thank you. Dave, <laughs> we're running long. Yes. We're running long. So I'm gonna yeah, I'm I'm, I'm gonna cut the shit. Ooh. And just ask you straight away, cut the shit, Dave. Do you have a movie that deserves more hype? I do. Tell yeah, us about it. Tom. We're always long. We're long folk. Um this is a movie called Giving Birth to a Butterfly comes out may 16th on the streams um the director was the producer of a film that i quite liked called we're all going to the world's fair which was a underrated film it's very slow i don't know if you guys have seen that movie but i thought it was very good um i haven't we covered it but i haven't watched it yet okay yeah i thought that was a very interesting film it's it's um I don't know. This isn't about that movie, but uh, I just wanted to make that connection. This looks like it's got mixed reviews, and I think that's probably for the best because this looks fucking weird. Um, it's about, uh, uh, I think, a daughter and son who go on a road trip to. Um, it's uh, oh, it's a it's a a mom and her son's pregnant girlfriend go to track down. Uh, scammers who stole the mother's money. It was shot on 16 millimeter, um, and it is being described as Lynchian, uh, and not in the broad sense of the world. Word uh, AV Club specifically says the word Lynchian is overused, um, but in this case, it's it's clearly inspired by David Lynch's work, and you can tell from the trailer, it seems very fucking weird. The AV Club also says the film takes place. In a parallel universe that looks and acts like suburbia, just ever so slightly off. Um, and so, like, it, it's just got that fucking Twin Peaks vibe. I don't know what else to say. Uh, if you like weird shit, uh, this has got that weird shit vibe just hanging off of it. It's got the Twin Peaks vibe down to having numerous sets of twins in the trailer. Yes, it does. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah what'd you guys think of this? Um... I think I'm interested. It's it's so David Lynch that I can't quite make heads or tails of the trailer. Like I really had, yeah. Yeah. I really had to read the plot summary to understand what the trailer it was even about. Not, it does not give you any info nope. in terms of just viewing the trailer. You need the background stuff. Right. There's, I think this was filmed on like 16 millimeters. 16 so millimeters has yeah. a very like interesting look, and that combined with like the awkward weirdness of like the Lynchian aspect, it's kind of interesting and um i know i recognize the lead actress from something but i can't remember right now i'm like blanking Uh, on it i know i've seen her and stuff before but yeah it seems like a it seems like a good weird watch yeah a good saturday night weird watch again it's not it's not going to be for everybody it just can't be yeah it's going for something very specific here um and yeah it's just it's uh, uh, like they someone uh, one of these reviews describes it as like very Tim and Eric in some of the dialogue specifically where it's like obviously it's not trying to go for shock or gross out like Tim and Eric but it's that like alternate like weird reality where like if you were perhaps watching this while high you'd feel like you're losing your mind where you're like wait what are, what are they saying like it's it's got that vibe all over it which yeah some people like uh, I I feel like I might like this for that reason but. It's, yeah, it's a very cryptic trailer. Very odd. Okay, so apparently that woman is from Rubicon. That's where I know her from, yeah. which is a show nobody has thought about in ten years. So that's fair. Yeah, it's fair. Right. The uh, her dad is Paul Sparks uh, from um, the Waco miniseries that nobody huh. watched. 
That's weird. The one that they did a sequel to that apparently nobody else is watching. Oh, yeah. I know. I'm going to watch it, though. You better believe. Michael Shannon mm. coming back to be like, it's it's Waco part two. <laughs> Are they bringing back sexy Koresh with uh, Taylor I King? hope so. Just they zombied better. out with a fucking robot brain screwed into his skull. <laughs> I hope so. Anyway, that's I, I digress. <laughs> this is yeah. giving birth giving to a butterfly. Birth, yeah, Giving birth to a butterfly. Um, again, the, tr- the fucking reviews are cryptic. It says, uh, by the end of the film, only one woman has given birth, not to a human, but to a belief. And I'm like, what the fuck? What does that mean? What happens to the baby? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, where's the baby? Um, yeah, so I don't know, man. Check check it out. Check the trailer out. You might enjoy it. Yeah. it also sounds like uh, Matt Berry, but is Alan Tudyk. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> give birth to this butterfly <laughs> um uh, i think that's i think we've done it i think that's a sewed i think that's a logan thank you so much for being on the show thank you both for having me it's always a delight and you want to you want to hit a couple of plugs again just in case uh yeah again like i said we're doing a lot of uh um original interviews and stuff over at crack so i mentioned a couple of people we got a couple more down the pipeline so check those out and again as long as you know twitter's still around i'll be at the logan trent and also uh i always mention this please leave a review for this podcast and all our friends podcasts because that shit really helps with itunes ratings and other places too it does thank you yeah dave tell them some stuff we have a patreon patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed g-a-m-e F-U-L-L-Y, unemployed. Uh, you know, if you go on there for just $5 a month, you get access to exclusive podcasts like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Fox Mulder's Maniac, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and Spielboys. Uh, for a little more, you can watch movies with us every Friday night. That's the night this comes out. Uh, yep. Who knows what we'll be watching? We watched something real fucked up last week. Um, but, heart, you know, heart beeps. Heart beeps. Tom, we watched I sent heart you uh... I sent you a message about that Michael J. Fox movie. I don't know if that's available, but oh man. Oh, I'll have to check right. it out. Um, yeah, we we have some ideas. Yeah, we, I've yeah. got a whole list of fucking weird ass movies from the 80s. Uh, mm-hmm. we, all, uh, we also have a store. Head over to GameFleetEnemployed.com where you'll find a link to our Teespring store where we have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs. You can find a t-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, all sorts of things. So slap your robotic butterfly birthing peepers onto that. Yes. Yep. Yes. All right. Bye. Bye. Our music is produced by Chris Corlew. You can follow him on Twitter at at the Corlew, C-O-R-L-E-W, and find more music at shipwreckedsailor.bandcamp.com. Our channel artwork is produced by Michael Vincent Bramley. You can find more of his artwork at instagram.com slash mvbramleyart. Our episode artwork is produced by Justin Brown. You can follow him on Twitter at at Justin T. Brown, and find more of his artwork at artnessbyjustinbrown.com and justinbrown.info.